0: Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to ariselife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Y'all gonna have to pray for me. I mean, you usually have to, but but today particularly, uh, because I felt like God uh, was speaking to us about this thing. There's only a couple things in, in the church and that make no sense. Unfortunately, they're the two most important. <laughs> they're Jesus' death and resurrection, and the other is Jesus' birth. And, and the funny thing is, and, and when you, you grow up in church, you're like, it's Jesus' Christmas! It's Jesus' birth! God became a man! The problem is, we think we understand that, but God, who creates all the universe, outside of time and space, becomes a fragile baby, defenseless baby. Something in our minds should break. Same thing. I remember the point where I was in maybe third grade when I realized, wait a minute, what does a guy dying 2,000 years ago have to do with me? There's a, it's helpful to recognize the questions we have. Anybody here taught you don't ask questions? Okay, you have to ask questions or you ain't getting no answers. Does that make sense? You have to be vulnerable to ask questions. Sometimes though it's scary to ask questions, isn't it? So next week, we're gonna ask a question about why, why did he become a man? Why, 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 why did he become a baby? Why, 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 why why did God do that? But there's actually a bigger why even behind that. Why did God do all of this in the first place? Why did he create the universe? Why? Why is this important? If you know the why, everything else can make sense. If you don't know the why, your life is going to look like a Jackson Pollock. Anybody, 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 you look at your life and you're like, well, that was a whole bunch of randomness. (laughs) Only me. Some of you are like, no, I planned out my whole life and everything went according to plan. Uh, Yet, no, um, if you know the why, then you can begin to understand. And uh, as many of you guys know, I'm a, uh, I, am i have I've been a fan of of astrophysics and cosmology. That's not cosmetology, cosmology, the cosmos. Um, and uh, and so one of the fascinating things to me is as I, we're not science is attempting to see the fingerprint of God. Because, see, God is a God of order. He creates it. But it's this beautiful, exotic order that just defies understanding. And science is great as long as they don't get to questions of meaning. But there, one of the most amazing things is, you guys hear me talk about ditches all the time, so to the point of being silly. But there's a reason I talk about ditches because ditches is actually the way the entirety of creation is designed. I'll give you an example. The universe... Is a mind-blowing... Well, let's just start out with this. Do you know what a light year is? Yeah. Yeah. It's how far light travels in a year. How far does light travel in a second for you brainiacs? 186,000 miles per second. Seven plus times around the earth in this second, right? How far it goes in a year? Six trillion miles. Six trillion followed by 12 zeros. That's a lot. How big is the universe? As far as we know at this point, it's 45.6 billion light years across. So it's 45.6 billion times 6 trillion. And that's miles. So multiply it by (laughs) 5,280. Yeah, people are like, "Uh, I got my migraine back. (laughs) Okay, so here's the crazy thing is, the universe is 45.6 billion light-years across, and it's constantly expanding. The s- actual space itself is expanding. Here's the part that will really blow your mind. Do you know where the center of the universe is? This is the crazy thing, you. Every single one of us is the center of the universe. The universe is expanding equally out from, yeah, just, just look it up, you'll just see. that. Like- <laughs> How fascinating that you are the center of God's universe. Just saying that. 45, but here's the funny part. All of the universe is, is pivoting on a tiny, tiny fulcrum, a tiny, tiny point that of a thing called the fine structure constant. So you brainiacs are like, this is my people. I love you." So this is a strange thing. That the relationship between two of the greatest forces, the strong and weak nuclear and electromagnetism, it comes out to the fine structure constant of 1, 137th. How random is that? Many uh, scientists said when they get to heaven, that's the question they have God. Why? Why this tiny? But here's the crazy thing. As tiny as that number is, because like .00, right? Do you know if that number changes by like one or two percent? In either direction, guess what happens? This universe, 45.6 billion, it actually blows apart so fast that no stars form, no galaxies form. Absolutely everything is nothingness. But if you move it the other way, everything collapses in on itself and there is literally nothing because it collapses in on itself. We're in this tiny space where life can exist. We're in this tiny space. It's on either side. and all of life has these two... two um, you know, ditches, one ditch up where everything blows apart to nothingness. Or anybody remember COVID? We all were blown apart from one another. Anybody enjoyed your all aloneness? Some a little too much. Like you had friends going, okay, no, you get out. This is not okay. What is happening here? I think your pajamas have become part of your body, Right? Or the other, anybody been in a relationship where you were subsumed and you no longer mattered? (sighs) The two ditches of being completely consumed where you disappear, or the other one where the only way you get to be you is to be totally separated, but actually cease to exist as well. God exists in this pivotal point in the middle. This is the world God has created, this pivotal point where you and I get, we matter. We matter. And so that's my starting point. But what I want to say is the interesting thing is a lot of times uh, we did this whole thing with youth uh, last year with toughest questions. They could ask any question anonymously, and we talked about it. It was so much fun. They asked your questions, by the way, because you all are cowards. Um, <laughs> they asked your questions. They were amazing. You, you all missed out. One of the questions always comes up is what was before? Anybody, anybody here wondered what was before? Before the creation of the world, what was before, you know, what was God doing? Was he playing ping pong or badminton? What, what was going on? And here's the reality is, we don't know. Here's one of the reasons we don't know. The way the philosophers put it is, if you can completely understand God, he is not God. Amen. Because there's no way the finite can understand or comprehend the infinite. We can try, and then our brain breaks. But there's a couple passages in the New Testament that talk about this fascinating phrase, before the foundation of the world. In other words, what was God doing that caused him to create everything? So we're going to look at those today real quick if you could. If you guys got Bibles, um, let's go ahead and start with, let's do Ephesians chapter 1. I know some of you are like complete Ephesians aficionados, so you'll be happy. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. He's talking to uh, people that he has poured out to his life on them uh, for three years. This is Paul talking to the people in the church of Ephesus. He says, praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. In other words, in Christ, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing, read, real. Not just fluffy, but real thing. Everything you need for life and godliness, everything in heavenly realms. For, why? Because he chose us in him, when? Before, God, before he created the world, he goes, hmm, hmm, I think I need me some Scott." think i need some rich i think i need some mariana some dawn yep 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 he built the universe around you and me you were the point of the universe it's not a mistake that that science finds that you are actually the center of the universe not because of you but we'll get to that for he chose us before he chose you Listen, if you have been told you were an accident that your parents didn't, didn't want you, I am so sorry. God wanted you. God wanted you. Even if he had to trick some people to make it, get you into the world. He's like, hey, listen. I need me a womb. We'll be using yours. <laughs> I want this person. I love this person. This is a person of infinite value. This is my beloved. He chose you. One of the other interesting things that's very fascinating, see, God does nothing passively. The fascinating thing about the universe uh, that they found ever since um, they discovered um, that the universe was flying apart at massive speed, they discovered is it's flying apart too fast. And they're somewhere between, depends on how you do the math, 75 to 90 plus percent of all matter and energy in the universe is missing. In other words, they see the evidence of great power, but they don't know where it's coming from. Fascinating, isn't it? So, well, I wonder who it could be. Jesus. Go, I want to tell you You and I are literally held together by the word of his power. If God did not actively choose to hold you together, you would not. Oh, this is fun. I'll just throw this in. Sorry, right, I, I, I get lost. But yeah, I had this revelation recently. Do you know there are elements in our bodies that are necessary for life, like, for instance, lead, that can only be formed through three stages of stars? So a star had to be created, blow up all of its guts, reconstituted into another star, blow up again, and then bl- reconstituted in another star to produce elements in your body so god's been working on your body for about a billion years (laughs) (laughs) do you know how intentional he is do you know how intentionally is about creating you you actually they estimate that our individual bodies are made up of the stuff we have different molecules from upwards of 200 million different stars God is so intentional because it's about he's coming for his children. Yeah. Yes, come on. To the praise. All right. See, he predestined us for adoption to sonship. So we've talked about this. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, complete love, absolutely complete in and of himself and he said oh, why would he create us why why we had this conversation this morning and I was like oh my gosh the trinity like they were so like amazing and self-content why would they bother with, with this frigid? mess like with us right and and peter points to the room where our daughter is sitting <laughs> and it's like that's why an abundance, right. An abundance. We were married for seven years. We could go out any night of the week. Why did we bring this human into the world where we have to go to bed at like at seven p.m. Right? All of like every parent, right? Why? But but you know why, right? There is a big why in your heart. Why you did it? Because Be- of love. Because of love. <laughs> because for God so love. The world. You. He loved. He so loved that it was in order that we were, the whole point from the beginning was that we might be a destined, predestined for adoption to sonship. That's the best word for this thing. It, we are told that we are in Christ, right? You guys remember Colossians? In Christ, that little baby, the fullness of God dwelt. Oh, but it gets better because the fullness of Christ is in you. Why? So that we could be in Christ. Where is Christ? In the middle of the Trinity. The whole reason he made us was to welcome us into his life and not through this kind of Borg annihilation where we cease to exist and not to this point where we are so separate, but that we are one he freely, disp- to the glory of his grace, which he full- bestowed upon us freely in the beloved. Well, let's try another one. Hebrews chapter four, verse three. By the way, we had a great co- uh, conversation online, had a really good question uh, Shannon gave about the scripture. This started a really good uh, conversation online. And, and Carol then asked the question, why is Jesus always so confusing? Anybody? Anybody? Anybody figured that out? You're like, why is he telling me to chop my hand off? I'm so confused, right? Jesus was trying to break our minds because we thought we knew the answer. He was trying to break our minds so that we were ready to receive the answer that is made clear in Paul. That's free. All right, so here we go. We got this thing. So he's been talking, this is uh, chapter four, verse three. And he's talking about this whole thing that the point of the Israelites, they were to come into rest. They were meant to come into this place of rest. Uh, of where resting from their labors and allowing God to work. That's actually the whole gospel is to cease from our self-effort and enter into grace, which is his power to do the will of God. Verse three. Now, we who have believed enter that rest. How do we enter it? Believe. Belief again. That word is really better trust. Trust. It's not a... Mental, it's I choose to trust. I put my weight in this. I trust those who believe enter that rest just as God has said. So I declared in my oath and my wrath, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. Whose works? God's works were finished. When did. Do you guys want to? I'll, I'll let you know a secret. So God created the world in six days. By the way, that word. Days in Hebrew is the same word they use for epochs. So it's not necessarily 24 hours. Science is not our enemy. Gonna leave that there. Anyway, what's the, what did he do on the seventh day? What happened on the eighth day? We're still in the seventh day. We are still in the seventh day of his rest. And we have entered into his rest everything the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world when god knew created this he realized the only way that we could enter into his life if we truly had free will we were going to do bad things with it anybody found that to be true and in he knew the only way that we could be welcomed into his life is to come as a baby and he said it's worth it from the foundation of the world it was it was done he was already he's like i'm in from the foundation of the world, he was trying, doing this thing to allow us to enter into his rest, to cease from our labors of self-effort. So, here's where I want to get to. John chapter 17. John 17 I remember as a young man, i just come to know Jesus. I was having an amazing time. I was reading through the Bible, loving it, loving it, loving it. And I got to John 17 and my mind just went, hey, hey. Anybody? Anybody? You read John 17 and like the words repeat and you just kind of lose track of what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. I will wait. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, The only those with questions get answers. Just saying. When we spiritualize our ignorance, it's a mystery. It is a mystery, but we can stare into it. Uh, Proverbs twenty-five two says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of kings to do what? Search it out. It's an Easter egg hunt. If there's mystery, God hides it in such a way that we could stare into it and catch a glimpse of who he is. Just saying. So, John 14 through 17. So up to this point, I said, Jesus is annoyingly obtuse. He's annoyingly not clear. And he's finally got the disciples down. He got rid of the last one, Judas. He was like, All in? Yeah, we all in. We totally understand what you're doing, Jesus. He's like, you have no clue, but that's okay. So he says, finally, I'm going to let you know, I'm letting you in on everything. Up to this point, I talked one way, but now I no longer consider you servants or slaves. I consider you friends, so I'm going to tell you everything the Father has told me. (laughs) Walk, bring it on, Jesus. We can handle it. And what you see is they couldn't handle it. But anyway, (laughs) I can totally handle it. I love the conversations where like, uh, you know, like, like, you know, I go to the Father. Show us the way to the Father. If, you, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Um, I think I asked the wrong question. <laughs> and so he, he keeps going. And so we start in John chapter 17. He said, after Jesus said this, so this is literally the last thing Jesus is saying before he leaves the earth to, to go to the cross. So you think this is probably the important in fact, it may just be the point. So he says, after this. Now, boys and girls, if we read the words after this, what does that mean? Something happened before. So what happens now came from what happened before. Well, let's look at verse 16, chapter 16. He said, all this I've told you so you will not fall away. Okay, that's good. What did he tell? All this. So we have to go back further. What's 15? 15 is I am the vine, you are the branch. You can't do anything apart from me. Everything you need, the way to the Father, everything you need is in me. Everything, everything is in me. One-stop shopping. The buckies of the spiritual world. So after this, Jesus looks up to heaven. And he starts to pray this prayer. Uh, verse 1, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. In other words, show the fullness of my nature to all right? Because though he be God, Philippians tells us, he did not consider equality with God to be grasped. He took on the form of a servant. He didn't look like, he didn't show up like, anybody had that? You had like a revelation of how awesome you are in Jesus and you were like thinking everybody else would notice. (laughs) 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 Anyway, (laughs) for you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those and now this is eternal life. What is eternal life? That they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you sent. This is eternal life. He came that we might have life. What kind of life? A life in the Trinity. A life in God. Not a life on our own. Life on our own is what the prodigal son had. Remember? What are the pro- I'll take my life and I'll go and get it for my own purposes. Good luck with that. Anybody tried that, by the way? Just done some you know, experimental research? So how was your pigsty? <laughs> oh, I had a really lovely. I had a luxury pigsty. <laughs> yep. So and he said, "I brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave." We can keep going on, but let me jump down to where I, I'm really wanting to go. So he's talking about I'm. Pr- I'm praying for them. I'm praying that they might have all that I long for them. And he said my prayer is not for them, the disciples alone. I also pray for those who will believe in me through this message. Who's that? Us. Isn't that nice to know that Jesus, before he went to the cross, was thinking about you and me. Nothing God does is accidental. God only has intentions. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. I remember I read that. I was like, that's a nice Hallmark card. (laughs) Anybody know what I mean? Doesn't that like like unity gets passed around all the time? You know, it sounds like we are the world. You know, I don't know. It's like some sort of live aid thing. This unity of just, you know. And anybody felt like you had unity with somebody and then something happened? Um, I, I, I watch, this, I watch this, this, uh, this, this vacillation that happens in the body where people run towards unity and then run away from it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Um, uh, one of the things I hear is this, is uh, anybody here made the declaration in your heart? Obviously not, hopefully not <laughs> publicly. I will never trust anybody again. No. Okay. Uh, or how about this one? Uh, uh, you know, I like, I like, I don't like church people. I just want real people. I'm going to do the world from here on out. Anybody? <laughs> awesome. Come on. You my people. You my people. I like honest people. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about you. But anyway, so, so one of this, um, let, let me put it this way. You guys heard this joke. Guy breaks his leg and he walks and goes into the doctor's office. The doctor goes, hey, what's wrong? He goes, Every time I step on my leg, it hurts. The doctor's like, well, that's simple. He's like, what should I do? Well, that's simple. Just don't step on it. (laughs) You think I should get it fixed? Nah. Here's the worst part. The worst part about unity. You know what happens when two um, things come together? When two people come together, everything that is not who God made us to be rubs against it each other. Anybody found that to be true? My dysfunction empowers your dysfunction. And a lot of times we actually find people who we can have um, symbiotic dysfunction with. You complete me, Right? And, and so, and, but the problem is, so I come into a body and it reveals yucky stuff in me and makes me not feel good. Who's my people, yeah. right? So the answer is, there's something wrong with all of y'all. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jasmine's like, yes, I finally, I understand. <laughs> but what if the whole point of coming into the body is to discover where God is gonna set you free? You heard, you heard what Ashley shared. Literally, she thought she'd done all the work, like she'd done what she could. But there's something when other people can see what I cannot see. Will I let them see? Will I let them imperfectly with, because they've got their, I only let perfect people minister to me. (laughs) You're going to be waiting a while. (laughs) Right? Anybody? No? No? Literally, the only way we can do community, the only way we can do life, the only way we can allow imperfect people to speak into our life and receive feedback from imperfect people is to trust Jesus. (laughs) Honestly, to me, it's the biggest trust of all. So when Masha and I met, I had had my trust deeply violated and betrayed. So what do you think I naturally did with women? Did I trust them? No. No, right? I had a history, I had evidence, I had whole documentation proving that woman is a fickle thing, (laughs) whatever, you know, you know how you write the stories in your head, not, okay, okay, not you, me, okay, fine, anyway, and I remember sitting with, with Masha at one point, and I was like, good grief, I trust her, but I don't trust her, like, I know she is a weak person in that she's a person right? Anybody figured out that all people be weak? You haven't lived very long. If you haven't figured that out, <laughs> that every single person has the capacity to do you wrong intentionally or unintentionally, right? Some of you were like, wow, really? No, no. And I'm sitting here with this person who has the ability to do me wrong. The closer I let her to my heart, the more likely it's anybody figured out that people way out there don't hurt you very much. Who are the people? The closer they get, the more it hurts, true? And Masha, I'm sitting with her. I'm like, she's getting very close. (laughs) Danger, Will Robinson, right? You know, it's like, what am I doing here? And I realized, oh my gosh, I trust her, but I don't trust her. I know I don't trust her. Like I'm a smart cookie, but I do. I was like, Lord, what's going on? And he said, Peter, you've actually learned to trust me with her. What was it? You've trusted me to be your protection, even if you get hurt. Anybody think protection means no pain? Okay, who are my people? Your number one goal is not do no pain, do no harm. It's experience no harm. Who's my people? You have like the reverse Hippocratic Oath, right? (laughs) And your goal, if your goal is to experience no harm, your automatic end will be Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes is, was the Elon Musk of the 20th century, genius playboy, uh, you know, dated all the actresses, had all the money, built huge uh, airplane companies, just genius guy. And he ended up, at the end of his life, trying to avoid harm, buck naked, in a room that was hermetically sealed, completely cleaned, afraid, terrified of germs. If your goal is to eliminate harm from your life, you will have no relationships and you will live in an ever shrinking world. But I was like, I trust Jesus in Masha. I don't trust Masha cuz I ain't dumb. Now, no, 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 no. <laughs> hey, hey guys, is there any anybody have a couch I could sleep on? <laughs> no 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 but okay who are my people like you run from perfect relationship to perfect relationship because as soon as the perfect relationship starts to get real you bail yep. i only have relationships with perfectly safe people so you wait till your delusion wears off awesome awesome he says but here's this thing jesus says this crazy thing that they may be one. How? How is there real? So Jesus doesn't mess around. Jesus is not the hallmark fairy. He doesn't tell you, he doesn't give you fluff. If he says make them one, it's not theoretical and theological. It's got to be real. Who are my real people? Okay, so I've said this before. There's Pharisees who just want the right theology. And there's are the Sadducees who says, forget that, just make it work. Right? And uh, most women tend to be Sadducees because childbirth is not theoretical. <laughs> you know, like, I, care, I don't care about your theology right now. <laughs> Behold, it's a miracle of birth. <laughs> wow, it's incarnation. Right? There, there, we, and, and that's why they have to meet in the middle because if you don't know your why, if you don't have the right understanding, Anybody found something that worked for a short time and then didn't work? Or found something that worked, but then the byproduct of it was even worse? Addiction, exactly. Or like I said, the example is like, oh my gosh, being around people hurts. I don't think I'll do that anymore. It works short term, but the end result is bad. So he's wanting a real unity. How do we get to this real unity? And I want to submit to you, he put that at the core but when he made marriage a man and a woman and told them to become one. Anybody okay, married people. That's easy, right? <laughs> the men are like, um, I don't know the proper answer. With her, easy. <laughs> the terror <laughs> in eyes. No, but he puts us in this place where we're together and you are so different from me, and yet we're supposed to be one. How is this even possible? In Jesus. All right, okay. Well, I figured out how this unity is going to work. You quit showing up. You quit being a person, and you do everything I say, and we're going to be, get along just fine. <laughs> My way or the highway? All right. All right, so, Father, just as you and I are one, So the unity you and I are supposed to have is the same unity that the Trinity has? I've lost brain cells to explode uh, at this point. Just as you and I, you are in me and I am in you. So the means by which the Holy Trinity is one is the means by which we are one. Stay with that. May they also be in us so that the world may believe you have sent me. I thought they were going to believe us because of signs and wonders. Actually, there is one sign and one wonder. Jesus said, they will know you are my disciples by the fact that you love one another. And I submit to you, it ain't love when everything's going just hunky-dory. I submit to you, love don't show up until it gets ugly. Up to that point, it's, it's Valentine's Day. May the, so... How are we one? It is out of our oneness with Christ that we are one. Okay, let me see if this works. Right now, this piece of ground is actually connected to Mount Everest. Directly. How? Through the hot, fiery center of the earth. You and I only have unity in and through God. Any other unity will be a unity of similarity. Any okay? Okay. Who here during COVID you found your island of misfit toys? The people who had your dysfunction. Okay, that was awkward. Um, moving on. <laughs> He's talking about you, honey. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Hey, who here, during COVID, you got really good at recognizing everybody else's dysfunction because it was, like, on full display. But you were keeping yours on the down low. (laughs) You weren't, by the way. Just so you should know, everybody saw yours, too. Our unity is not by being identical. It is our unity because our source of life, our source of being, our very source of everything is him. It is him. Only he can move in and through and make two people who are fundamentally different. You won. It's just physically, it's just not possible. Anybody who's been married very long knows this to be a fundamental fact of life. Just saying. Anybody who's been friends for any length of time, Anybody who's been in any family had brothers and sisters. Anybody, everybody knows this. May they also be in us so that the world may believe. I have given them the glory that you gave me. God has given you his glory. Why is it so dim? What is that glory? Glory. That glory is the actual, Peter puts it this way, that we share in the divine nature. Now hear me out. This is not some cosmic consciousness. You are not dropped in the sea of divinity. Masha, years ago, she did this thing with, uh, she was invited out to this group of women who were uh, doing all these video courses with gurus from around the world and becoming one with their chakras and everything else. And uh, they actually, they were like, oh yeah, you can teach us to hear God's voice. So she taught them to hear God's voice. And afterwards, they were, they were saying, well, what, what did you hear? And, and now remember, these are not believers. God can't talk to unbelievers. Oh, I mean, other than Nebuchadnezzar, Ahimelech, and Pharaoh, but whatever. Anyway, moving on. Oh, God can't talk to you because you're in sin. Oh, he's so weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who found Jesus was most talkative at that point? What you doing? Anyway <laughs> you should be offended at my sin. I'm sorry, what were you doing? <laughs> anyway, so Masha has this conversation and they and they sit there and the words that came back, what what did he, he call you? He said, He called me my little girl. Called me my little doll. And Masha said this fascinating phrase, she said, doesn't sound like much of a cosmic consciousness. Kind of sounds like a papa. See, that's the part that blows our mind, is the God of the universe, the God who holds all things together, the God who lies outside of time and space, has invaded it to invite us in, but not to dissolve us into, uh, to make us nothing, but actually to create a unity where we fully get to show up. That's the miracle. And when you, so our unity means you get to show up. You're, you get to show up. You get, it's a unity where we each get to show up. And that only happens as we live our lives from him, in him, and through him. But what undermines that is when we live from the other end. So, can we admit that in life you have problems? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's low level, thankfully. Okay, who here at any given day, the most, the number one priority on your list is deal with X, Y, Z problem? Do you know what I'm talking about? You have a problem and it stays at the top of your day timer. And you direct all resource and energy secretly to dealing with that problem. And it could be, uh, I feel alone. I feel alone. It could be, uh, I'm, st- I- I'm starved for affection. It could be, uh, um, I'm, I'm afraid it could be, uh, uh you know, it could be, I'm, I'm, afraid I'll, I'll run out of uh, money and I'll be out on the street. It could be whatever it is. Do you know what I'm talking about? We have the underlying problem. And what we do accidentally is we direct all of our life to dealing with that problem. But remember what I said, when we're the ones figuring out how to deal with our problem, we always find short-term solutions. See, this is why it's surrender. Papa, you're my source. Whatever I need is found in you. But here's this, the worst part of this. all. Oh, just I'm sorry. I've got to tell you this. This is the worst part. Anybody said, I, okay, God, you have all of me. You and me, Lord. He said, that's wonderful. Can I introduce you to my bride? Because God has designed us that I need you. I need, God puts what I need in you. God, we are made not to be able to make it on our own. You cannot have your relationship. I cannot have my relationship with God all by myself. Anybody known somebody who tried that? How weird did they get on a scale of one to 12? <laughs> I need you in the same way that I talked about last week when I'm getting off track and Masha just goes, huh? anybody had friends who can do that to you? Yeah. Like you're getting weird and they're like, You, that's part of the body, giving meaningful feedback in real time. Don't do that. The whole point of all of, God did not come to simply save us from sin, self-effort. He came to restore us to unity with him and unity with one another. That's the whole point. That is the whole point. This right here is not an accident. Coming together is not just because we have nothing else to do on a Sunday. Coming together, one of the reasons we come together in such a form as this is left to our own devices, we'll huddle on little islands of people just like us. But we come together in a diverse body, diverse in every possible way, because we need one another. And only he can create the unity that he created from the foundation of the world. And the way he does that is he allows... See, he's actually already made us one. He's just revealing the oneness that is already there because we've been made one in him. All right, if we can have the worship team come up. There was about 43 off-ramps there. I I, I saw some of your brains explode on the spot. It's all good. I purposely uh, asked a few people to pray for me before because I knew it was a tall order what we were doing today. But I just want to say it again. God did not create, God from the beginning knew the problems that would be faced with creating free will individuals. But from the beginning, he wired us for unity with him and w- unity with one another. He, that was his goal from the beginning. And everything else is simply a means to an end. healing, salvation, deliverance, all these things are the means to the end he designed from the beginning of the world. If we could stand. (sighs) Father, if there's ways that we have subverted it, we've flipped it around, we've made it about meeting XYZ need or dealing with XYZ problem, Lord, we lay it down at your feet. We say, Papa, you made me for unity. You made me to be seen, to be known, to matter. You made me to be one with you and one with others. But I'm fundamentally incapable of that. So I just surrender the fact that you have done it already for me on the cross.